welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Well, how good is it? Don't know, but it's good. Um, 2020, has anyone written the date yet and gone, oh, I had to stop at the two? It's like, what? Tw- tw- tw-? I just got used to write, writing 19. So um, 2020, uh, new decade and whatever is in front of you in the next moment, uh, whatever good, whatever thing, whether you got a new job or, uh, you know, you finished year 12 and you're going to university or uh, obviously Eleanor's about to have a baby and Caleb, well done, mate. Uh, you're going to be a dad. Uh, when I first became a dad, um, Craig and Janice gave me a can of Mother and the DVD Big Daddy. Uh, mother is an energy drink, big can of energy drink, DVD Big Daddy. And that was my parenting, my first parenting advice. Um, but Big Daddy is sort of a, a comedy with bad parenting advice, but, uh, you know, so I didn't take it too literal, but I had a bit of a laugh. But whatever's new for you in this, this moment, this year, um, my uh, heart for you this morning is that God will be in it uh, and that you will be connected um, to him uh, through whatever is in front of you this next season, this next year, this next 10 years. It can seem like it goes pretty quick. Sometimes, but it's so important for us to connect with God and follow the Lord. Follow the Lord. Sometimes it seems like the Lord is just someone's buddy, or He's just oh, there's that thing or church. It's just He's never the side salad. He's He's the main meal. He is the Lord, the Lord, Lord, the Lord, Lord of every other Lord, Lord of everything. And so we should have some deep, deeper sort of reverence and, and understanding of who he is and how magnificent he is and how big he is. And we need to sort of come to that and connect with him. And the, the first point of connection is, is just connecting. It's pretty deep, isn't it? We just got deep right there. The first point of connecting is connecting. That's, simple, that's how easy it is. But it, it is just through adoration and walking with him, and when you do that, it will fuel your passion and fuel life into uh, who you are and what his plans for your life are. And it's so important that you stay alive in uh, uh, what he has for you. And we've just had a couple of great messages over the last few weeks, really solid um, foundations. Uh, get the podcast, and I'll always say get the podcast because. Um, if you get the podcast and listen to the message through the week, then you will again hear what God has been saying to you about and what could be more worth, what is worth more than what is God is speaking to you about. And, and Hudson, just a fantastic message on teamwork. Uh, and then Janelle carried on from that uh, about how man is not, uh, it is not good for man to be alone and how you need people in your life and how those interactions and those connections um, are, are vital uh, for us and, and God has placed people around us and I want to carry on from that about connection because it's so important that we are current in our connection, that we are connected all the time 
And the great tragedy was that uh, people were disconnected. And today is such a connected place. There's just connection everywhere. Uh, on the internet, on your phone. And my guys, my staff, I'm like, oh, you've got to put that phone away. They're just trying to get connected all the time. Uh, and so there's, there's so many people searching for connections, trying to get connections, but it's so important that we are current in our connection with God. And it's, it's so important. You know, you're not going to cook toast if the toast is not plugged in. I mean, that, we're just getting so deep this morning. We really are. Not only plugged in, but turned on. And you're going to wonder why it's not really working properly if you're not turned on for God, if you're not switched on and connected. Uh, and I want to look at what happened when people got disconnected, what the consequences were, and to make sure that we are getting connected today with the Lord, with the Lord. Uh, so if you go all the way back to Genesis, in Genesis uh, in chapter 3, and Genesis is just, oh man, it is one of my favourite books. It is, there's so much going on in there, and there's so many big players in that, in that book, uh, in that story. Um, God is a pretty big player. Uh, Adam, Eve, and Satan, pretty, pretty heavy hitters. Um, so they, uh, they, they, God creates everything. And when he creates everything, he calls it, this is good. And when he creates people, he creates them and he says, oh, this is very good. And he creates things and he creates this garden. And everyone knows the story. If you don't know the story, it's called the Garden of Eden. And in that garden, he puts man. He puts man to work in there. And I don't know what kind of work he was doing because everything was perfect. I talk about the easiest job in the whole world is looking after the Garden of Eden. I was going to eat some fruit. What else? I don't know what's going on in there. But he creates it and he, and he puts Adam in there. He says, man's not good to be alone. Eve comes along. He says, eat from any tree in this place. Any tree. They're all yours. Oh, but don't eat from this tree. Don't, don't touch it. Because when you do that, you will die. And it's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There was one other tree in there. It was the tree of life. And when they ate from that tree, everything changed. He kicks them out of the garden or he, I don't know if he kicks them out, but he removes them from the garden because the tree of life is still there and he doesn't want them to get stuck in their sin forever. So it comes up to chapter 3 when the devil tempts Eve to eat the fruit and she starts to look at it and she starts to see, oh, this is, this is good. Oh, yeah, it looks great. It would have appealed to all her senses. I mean, anyone go to, we talked about Bunnings this morning. One thing, I go to Bunnings a little bit and I'm always thinking about what I'm going to get, what I'm going to do. As soon as I open the door and get out, take a few steps, it's like, what's that smell? Oh, I'm hungry. I can smell onions. I can smell sausages. I've got to eat something. You know, you're, you're way on the other side of the car park and you, you've got to have a sausage sandwich before you walk through the door. I mean, it's just, oh, and then you have another one when you walk back out. Um, it's great. I don't have that many, to be honest, but I always, I always get tempted and I'll just let that one go through to the keeper. Where's Janelle? I just used the cricketing analogy. How good was Janelle's message last week? And why? I knew she liked cricket, but that's way too far. If you didn't get, if you weren't here last week, you need to listen to Janelle's story about cricket. Um, she loves it. Um, so, yeah, this fruit was amazing fruit, and so she is tempted by Satan, and he says all this stuff about, "Oh, you, you're not going to die. You know, when you eat the fruit, you'll be like God." The the weird thing is, they're already like God. So, 
He says all this stuff. She gets tempted. She takes it. She eats it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. In the message version, it talks about that the eyes of both of them were opened, and they could see all the way from good all the way to evil. They knew what good and evil was. And they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. You know, you see sometimes, and he would have just had a little bit of figs going on here, maybe some extra figs, and then she would have had figs here and here, uh, leaves. Um, and then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I mean, how cool, how cool to, to have God just walking in. And I wonder what that sound would be like, you know. What is the sound of God like walking in the garden? I reckon it's like a jumbo jet coming into land, you know. Like, I don't think it's quiet. I don't think it's like tiptoe. I don't think it's like that, that Legolas. Have you ever seen the Lord of the Rings? And Legolas is just tiptoeing around everywhere. Like, he's walking on the snow. Everyone's into the snow this deep. And he's just walking. He's like this real light dude. Anyway, I reckon it was like... It was a bit extra and just like loud. And I reckon that was Adam's job, you know, because trees would have fallen over. Things would have got a little bit messed up and then Adam would have just, that was his job because I can't think of anything else he was doing in there. That was his job to look after the garden. He would just pick up the trees and put them back down. He would have been a really strong dude. He would just sort of cleaned up after the Lord. That was it. That, that's my take on it. Anyway, they heard his sound walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And God said, who told you you were naked? And this is the moment of disconnect. This is the moment where God and people are disconnected because of this disobedience, really. Don't eat this thing. Oh, I've eaten this thing. Are oh, you gone against my word? This is going to happen now. And so there's this great disconnect through sin, um, going against it, and all their perspective changes in that moment. Their, all their eyes change, and they go, what? I'm naked. You're naked. I'm naked. We're naked. What are we going to do? I don't know. We're going to get fig leaves. So there's this reaction to what is not good because I'm naked, so that's not good. So what is to be good? Well, I need to be covered because that is good. And their whole eyes and their nature is changed. The previous nature that they had seconds before they ate the fruit was just one of connection with God, one of trust with God, one of be with God. That was their nature. And now their nature is disconnected and their nature is, oh, this is, this is not good. Uh, this is not good right now and we're going to make it good. And so often... This is what we actually still have today. In the, the moment that their nature of the heart is changed, this sinful nation, their focus changes, and they just lose this trust and this connection with God. And this reaction to what is not good and what is good comes in. And it's so important for us, it's so wise for us to understand what makes us react to different circumstances, to what is good and what is not good. And people have different reactions on all kinds of different levels, uh, depending on your upbringing, depending on your religious background or what your beliefs are, what your culture is, what your social status is, 
what your gender is, what whether you're male or female, whether you think things are good, whatever, we, there are different reactions to good and bad and so much today. So many reactions to good and bad today. Good, this is good, this is not good, this is good, this is, that's not good. And so many people having opinions. I was in the supermarket, just put my stuff up, going through the checkout. There's a couple of ladies, a lady serving me and uh, about to serve me and serving the other lady. And I'm just putting my stuff up and then I start to hear their conversation. And this, this lady is just going at the, the checkout lady about her opinions about the government and about the Prime Minister. And I'm just like, oh. I just, I just hear, but pretend I'm not hearing, and I'm just like, what? And she is just ripping into the Prime Minister, and then she ends by saying, oh, I'm just having a bit of a ramble, but I reckon I could do a better job than him. And I'm like, wow. Now, don't you know you reap what you sow? No, we're not to be opinionated like that. We're not to be opinionated about Donald Trump or so, so, many, so much criticism, so many opinions about what is right and what is not right. Now, God is sovereign. I don't think he's in heaven going, oh, no, <laughs> Donald Trump, what have I done? <laughs> Gabriel, did you know who he was? What did someone tell me? I might be the father of all creation, but I messed up with that guy. I don't think that's what he's doing up there. I think he knows what's going on. I think he's the father of all creation, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. I think he's just doing what he wants to happen. Taking in consideration all sin, the cross, everything. He knows what's going on. You can trust him, but it's not our job to have those kind of opinions about what is right and about what is not right. And all of us, we all wrestle with this at different times, at different things. We just had tithing. Someone, Tim just talked about tithing. And so many times I've heard different Things about tithing, I, just, I don't know if tithing is Old Testament stuff, you know, tithing. Or, or do I tithe before I get, pay my tax or do I tithe after tax or do I tithe to the church or do I give my tithe as an offering to this charity? or what? So, Well, this is right and this is wrong. But, you know, Jesus always shifted, always moved by righteousness. He's not moved by what's right and what's wrong. And so many times people have... Things that are quite, well, that's, that's not right, and this is not right, that's wrong, and this is wrong, this is right, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is right, this is right. This is right. So often, people having these arguments, I mean, I don't know what it's like for you in your marriage, but, I mean, is it right to leave the toilet seat up, or is it right to leave it down? Yeah. Ah, I know, we're going to a bit of a crap place now. This is pretty bad. Do we put the roll on? <laughs> do we put the roll on? Which way do we put the toilet roll on? Do we put it on so the paper comes out? So we're underneath. We're getting even worse. This is getting real crap now. Um, sorry, it's a really bad joke. But I was just trying to make Craig laugh. Um, and, um, you know, what, what is right, it, it, just, it can just work all the way down because it's sort of how we're wired. I mean, how do you pack a dishwasher? You've got to pack a dishwasher like this or you've got to pack it like this. Well, I'll tell you what, in my house, I'm always right and she's always wrong. And she likes it. Because I'm like, that's not how you do it. She does it on purpose so that I'll come in and go, that's not how you do it. <laughs> she is much smarter than me. She always has the last word and I'm okay with that because she's my wife and I love her. I mean, so many times I've heard people say, this is how you cook pancakes. You've got to sift the flour three times. You've got to use oil and butter so that the butter doesn't burn. And you get, well, Sarah bought a Thermomix. I'll just push a button right now. Um, so, you know, what is right and what is wrong can come all the way back or it can go all the way up. And it can be small and it can be big. And 
So, so often I, I hear different things about God. This is how you should worship God. This is where you should worship God. This, this is what you have to wear. You've got to have something on your head. You've got to do this. These guys are too loud. These guys are wrong because they do it too loud. And these guys, they're too old. They do this. hymns that are 300 years old. That's not right. This, this is not right. Jesus is moved by righteousness. Jesus is moved by righteousness. We're going to get to that. And so we just got to check our motivation and our little judgments and our bigger judgments um, because so often I have seen people go, oh, life will be better over there. I'm going to go over there because that'll be good. Um, yeah, I'm not going to do what's good, so I'm going to move. Uh, and I'm going to go from this church, I'm going to go to that church because what happened in this church is not good. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to that church because it's going to be good over there. But God is not shifted by what's good and what's not good. He's shifted by righteousness. So often on Facebook, I got on Facebook last year. Um, took me a while, so last century, I'm telling you. And, uh, and I, I look at it a bit. Um, and I got on Facebook because I was putting posts of where my soccer games were. And so Sarah got me on Facebook. I didn't even get me on Facebook, so not my fault. Uh, and so Sarah got me on Facebook to keep me up to date with the rest of the world. Um, and I don't want to be up to date with the rest of the world. So, but I do look um, every now and then. And there's some good stuff, yeah, but so many arguments. I mean, has anyone noticed? Everyone's got to have, a, have an opinion. Everyone's got to have an opinion on the bushfires. Oh, the Greens, they've stopped uh, backburning. The Greens, we hate the Greens. The Prime Minister is not doing enough. He is not doing enough. And then someone's got to come back and say, the Prime Minister is doing enough. And then someone's got to come back and say, well, what do you know? And then they say, well, I don't know, this, this, this. And someone's always got to have the last word. Uh, someone's got to comment, um, yeah, about climate change. Big arguments there. Um, and, and so many people posting what they feel is right and then someone coming back, well that's not right because this is right so you can't be right uh, and so many arguments on Facebook I mean, far out um, but isn't it interesting how we are all wired like this where does it come from? well, it comes from Adam and Eve the knowledge of good and evil and it's so intrinsically wired into our makeup it's just how we're wired uh, I gave, I had this apprentice, he was 17, young fella from school, come work for me, and it was hopeless at paperwork. Um, and when you're an apprentice, you've got to do TAFE. Anyway, he failed TAFE really, really bad. So I'm like, all right, well, I've got to either let him go or pay him more money. And so I sort of think, okay, well, if I let him go, I can let him go, but he's hopeless. I've got to keep him and try and just help this guy. He's 17. I was pretty hopeless when I was 17. Let's give him a shot. But then I think, oh, no, I've got to, I've got to pay him more money. And the oh, no, is not that I've got to pay him more money. I'm okay with that. I want to take a risk. Okay, he'll get there eventually. But the other guys, if they find out he's getting almost as much as them, they're not going to be happy. So, of course, they found out. All a bit of an uproar at work. Oh, he's getting paid. I'm only getting paid $2 more than him. So they all want a pay rise. They want to pay rise, not because they're doing better work, but because I've had to pay him more money. And that's not right, is it? That's not right. So, so just working through some of them, their stuff, of what's right, what's not right, what they deserve. what they, Oh, man. Anyway, so we worked it out. I gave a few of them a pay rise, and they were okay, and they're working well now. But, um, yeah, Jesus is not like us. He doesn't have the same nature. He is shifted by righteousness, by what? God wants to do by what he is doing. I love Eleanor's communion message because she referenced off a scripture where Peter says, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. And he says, blessed are you, 
Simon, son of someone Jonah. And um, but just you know, just after that, Peter gets on his high horse, and Jesus says, "All right, what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and die. Uh, I'm going to get crucified in Jerusalem, and this is what's going to happen." And then Peter's like. I have the revelation. No. And he says, he says to Jesus, no, this shall never happen. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Peter, that's not right, Lord. Fancy saying that to the Lord. I mean, of all the things to say to him, that's not right, Lord. Doesn't make sense. That's not right, Lord. I mean, imagine telling Jesus what to do. That's not right, Lord. That's not right. But Jesus passionately, get behind me, Satan. You have in mind the things of man, not the things of God. Because he's shifted by righteousness. Because it's righteousness for him to go to the cross. It's right between heaven and earth. That's his focus. And that should be our focus. Now, what's going on between heaven and earth? Our connection. And you can have it in this service, you can have it at home, you can have a connection with God. Jesus is not opinionated. Have you ever noticed that Jesus doesn't have an opinion on everything? I don't know why some of us have an opinion on everything, on Facebook, on everywhere. I mean, sometimes you can call it, things aren't right, this is not right, it's not good. But we need to be shifted by righteousness. It says in Isaiah 11, Verses 3 to 4. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He's going along one day and a guy yells out from the crowd, Jesus, Jesus, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus says back to him, man, who made me judge and arbiter? Who made me the guy to stand in between you and your brother? And then he warns his disciples to watch out for man's greed. Watch out for the greed of, of, of different kinds of greed. Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Another guy who's got this sense of this is right, this is not right. And he wants Jesus to intervene. But Jesus is not the guy who stands in between on earth. He's the guy who stands between heaven and earth to connect us with God, to give us righteousness. He's not reactive to other things, other agendas. He's reactive to what's right. In John chapter 8, 3 to 11, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? I mean, this just sort of stinks, really, of uh, let's set this up, you know. Uh, let's, what we'll do, I know what we'll do, Pharisees. So what we'll do is we've got to trap this guy because what he's saying is not quite right because he's not listening to the law of Moses. So what we'll do, we'll get together. I know, I need some Pharisees, some old people. John, it's all relative. The youngest person in youth thinks you're old. You can come out here. So all you've got to do is act a little bit here. And all I want you to do is smile and nod your head. So what are we going to do? We're going to trap him. We're going to catch him with the worst thing. That's in the Ten Commandments at the top. All right, the worst one is murder. No, we can't do that because then you'll have to die. What we'll do is we'll get your wife and we'll catch her in adultery. 
right? And then we'll take her out before Jesus and then he'll have to decide what's right and what's wrong. Now we'll get, where's your brother? We'll get your brother involved and then he can have your wife. We'll get the wife. You didn't like her anyway. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll stone her. That will alleviate your problem. We'll trap him between what's right and wrong. He won't have an answer. Great acting, John. Thank you. Yeah. But isn't it interesting, his reaction? He just bends down on the ground and he starts to write with his finger in the dirt. He just starts to write. It's, everyone wants to know what he's writing. Well, I'm going to tell you when we're in heaven one day and I ask him and then I can tell you, who knows what he's writing in the ground? No one knows. I don't know. Maybe someone's got a revelation on it. Maybe God told someone. I don't know. Anyway, he's right. He's not reactive to this circumstance, to this, we've caught her. We've got her. They were using this as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started right on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said to them, let anyone of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. So he gets up. He says, you've got no sin, you can throw rocks at her, and then he goes back to what he's doing. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. The only one who's qualified to throw rocks at her, Jesus, in that moment, the guy without the sin, doesn't throw rocks. He throws grace. He throws love. He showers her with righteousness and justice. His only reaction is to her sin. And he says, leave, leave your life of sin. That's his reaction. Righteousness. Leave your life of sin. Leave it behind. So he's not reactive to their right and wrong or their pressure. He just says to this lady, sin no more because sin puts a barrier between the Father and his creation. Sin hurts people as it is and Jesus came for righteousness so he came to deal with sin. So he's reactive to the sin and it says in Psalm 103, 10 to 12, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. He takes away our sin so that we can have a new nature and it's a nature of God's righteousness. It's a nature where we are centred in who God is and what he has given us. And this is where we find our reaction should come from is his righteousness. And even though there was that great disconnection in the Garden of Eden and this nature was changed, now through Christ, we have the opportunity to have a new connection and our nature restored to righteousness and not just the knowledge of good and evil. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing. Oh, what a powerful statement that is. I only do what I see my father doing. In other words, I am so connected to God that I am shifted by what, where he's leading me, where he's taking me, what he wants for my life. So often people's dreams and desires will take them to all kinds of different places, but we just need to be connected. That's just our basic foundation of connection with God. And this is where our reactions should come from. And isn't it interesting if you read through the Gospels, the secret life of Jesus. 
He was always ducking out. People were always looking for him, trying to find him. Where is he? Can't find him. Where is he? I don't know. Where is he? He's out finding the Father. He's out on a mountain. He's out in a secret place. I mean, what a basic example for us to follow. What a foundation. What's he doing out there? He's adoring the Father. He's just worshipping God. He is, he's not praying for everything, every little thing that he can think of. He's probably asking for guidance at different times. Yes, but he's just out there worshipping God. He's out there maintaining a current connection for that moment, for that time, for what that day is. He's connected and he's just often getting away. And so for us, it's just such a basic foundation is just to have a quiet time. It's just, it couldn't be any simpler than just shutting the door and sitting down, reading a Bible and saying, God, what are you speaking to me about? God, where are you? I've got to find you. I've got to find you here today. I've got to find you in this morning. I'm going through all this stuff, but I've got to find God. Okay, this has happened, but I've got to find God. I've got to get this foundation. I've got to get this connection. I've got to get this deeper connection. And out of that connection comes all purpose and all that God has for you. Uh, I love um, listening to some of the Bethel stuff. Bill Johnson, fantastic um, leader. Uh, He says this, For me to prepare my heart means I come to him in adoration first. I come in adoration out of desire to be with him, and I would rather have nothing to say and be current in my fellowship with him than have lots to say and be trying to find him. And that is the key for this basic foundation is just this adoration, this connection with the Father. And out of that comes his righteousness and we are shifted by his righteousness. And so for us this morning, we need to find the place of connection and tune in to that place of connection. I'll be tuned into too many places, too many thoughts going on, too many mindsets. And I love last couple of weeks' messages because they're all about connection and being connected with God's people, with the right things, with the right people that God has placed in your life. And out of these connections, we do get tuned in. We get tuned in, we get connected with each other, and we get connected with the Father. We have been given access to the Father through Jesus. We are given this, this access. We have this opportunity and in this service and in this week and in this next season that you go in it's so important that you find the place of connection and that you tune your spirit into his spirit and that you walk with him there couldn't be anything simpler or more important for us to do and we live in such a busy paced world such a critical critically opinionated kind of place everyone's got to have a subjective point of view so many conversations going on but it's so important that we are grounded and centered in this connection with God so that we can move through and see through the eyes of of righteousness. I had a young guy working for me and he got on Facebook and he decided that he, he got into an argument with, a, a, with a, a lady who was older and smarter than him. And, um, and anyway, she obviously was winning the argument. I don't know if there's ever winning the argument, but she was winning this argument. And so he decided just to say the worst thing that he could think of. So then she cut all the argument out, copied and pasted this section and posted it and said, world, let's have a look at this guy. He's obviously got some pedophilic issues and other things going on. This guy is blibbity blip, 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 because that's what you get on Facebook, a lot of blips. Um, and I get this phone call and I'm like, and it's, and it's this guy and he's like, 
oh man, I've done this, and it's gone, I can't, that's what might happen, and I'm not so sure, I'm really worried, I'm just, I don't want to lose my job, and I'm like, what are you talking about, man? So like, oh, I've got this argument, I was like, oh, no, because oh, I don't go on Facebook, so I don't know what happens, this is several years ago, um, and, and so he's like really worried about losing his job, and, and then I, I, I start, Sarah starts saying, oh, we're getting posts on our Facebook page, and so people are starting to post on our Facebook page, they're starting to say, where are, where's this guy? He works for your company. Uh, we're going to get him and he's this, this, this and this. And blip, 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 blip. There's a few extra blips in that one. And so I'm like, oh, man. And so then we always get business advice. And so I'm like getting advice from reputable people, people I trust, people I know, people I've known for a long time. Oh, you probably should just let him go. That's probably the easiest thing to do. And uh, he's upset, he's, he's worried, he, and I just look at what he says, and I'm like, oh, man, what'd you say that for? Like, yeah, obviously you're just trying to say the worst thing you can think of, which is the dumbest thing you could have said. Um, and so Sarah just puts a few posts out. We're dealing with it internally, blah, 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 bleep, bleep, bleep. No, no bleeps in that one. Um, <laughs> she came back real strong. <laughs> um, so... But I'm like, oh, man. So I just think, oh, I just have compassion for this guy. I'm just like, oh, man, he's obviously young and silly. And I just think, all right, I'm just going to try and love this guy. And I'm just going to keep him. And I'm just going to try and keep him quiet. Um, and I did. I kept him. And he still works for me. Um, and he's still got some issues. And he's still a bit silly at times. Um, but in that moment, I thought, this is good, this is not good. And I thought, okay, it's not good what he did, but let me just see if I can give him some good. And maybe if I love him, maybe he'll change. And I'm still trying to do that. Um, but I could have been shifted, oh, you're an idiot. I'm just going to get rid of you. Um, uh, out of my, I don't want to have to deal with that problem. Um, but I, I wasn't shifted by what was right and wrong. I was shifted by what God has done for me. And he has given me righteousness. So I wanted to give him righteousness because I know all that God has done for me and I know how silly I've been in the past. And I thought, oh, i just try and love this guy. Um, and so it's so important in your dealing with people and there is a right and wrong. And maybe I should have been more judgmental on him. I don't know, but I want to love him. So I did that. I don't know what your circumstances are. I don't know what you're shifted by. And there is a discernment for us to know where righteousness is and get a sense of righteousness from the Father, from our connection with him. And it's so important that you are current today in your connection with him. If you want to build something, you've got to have power tools that are plugged in. If you want to use something, it's got to be plugged in. If you want to function in the plans and purposes God has for you, if you want to walk in his righteousness, you have to be current in your connection with him today. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.